Hey, y'all, and welcome back again to the SB Nation College Ball Recruiting Podcast. This is your host, Bud Elliott, along with your co-host, uh, Morgan Moriarty. Morgan, what's going on? Doing great. How about you? It's been a while. It has. Yeah, we took a little time off and uh, was traveling a lot for the All-Star Games and the Combines, but we are back. And, uh, we have two weeks as National Signing Day, so if you are a person who you know, maybe doesn't follow recruiting all that closely, um, this could be the show for you. We're going to kind of catch you up on what's already happened, and certainly a lot has already happened because of the new early signing period, which was in late December. Uh, but there are still a number of elite kids out there unsigned, and a lot of you know races for the top class and who can get a top five class and all that. So I think we're going to just kind of let you in on what we're still looking for uh, come National Signing Day today. Um, yeah, I think the biggest question, especially because so many of the top kids signed during the early signing period, which we expected as we've discussed in the past, um, but who's going to finish with um, that number one overall class right now? Um, Ohio State's up there um, at number one with Georgia right behind. Then Texas, Penn State at four, Miami at five, Alabama all the way down, <clears throat> excuse me, at six, um, which is pretty low for them given that they've had the number one class for, I think it's the last seven cycles, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I so, right. I mean, it's, I think it's just going to be the biggest thing is there's not many top kids to pick from. So it's going to take maybe one or two of those top kids to kind of drastically change the rankings down the stretch. Absolutely. And you look at the, the classes that have already been signed. I mean, some these schools both signed a ton of kids early. Uh, Ohio State has 23 kids in class, Georgia 22. So it's not like they have room to add six, seven more players each. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be adding just, just a handful more. Uh, you know, Georgia is a little – well, heavier on the five stars. I mean, six five five stars this year, 12 four stars. Ohio State, only two five stars, but an incredible 18 uh, four-star players in their class, both with a really, really high average player rating. Um, and, and I agree with you. I, I think that they have a um, a great shot to unseat Alabama, uh, either of them as the, you know, the, the actual number one recruiting team out there. In Georgia's class, we look at it, Number one player in the nation, or number two, depending on how you ask, Justin Fields, quarterback out of Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, they also got the number one running back in Zamir White. Uh, a really special offensive line class for them with, with tackle Cade Mays and um, a, a special pair of guards in, uh, in in Trey Hill and Jamari Sellier, both there from Georgia. Um, and then some really good pass rushers as well with, with Adam Anderson on the outside and, and Brenton Cox. So, Addressing some premium positions there for the Bulldogs, for sure. And Morgan, Ohio State, no schlubs either. I mean, Teron mm -hmm. Vincent, you know, number one or number two D-tackle. Jalen Gills, a really electric all-purpose back. Jeremy Ruckert, the best tight end in the nation. Um, you know, Cameron Babb, a kid who I think probably would have been rated even higher had he not gotten hurt during his senior year at receiver. Um, you know, they got uh, uh, Tommy Tojai out, out of Idaho probably the number one uh, D-tackle in the nation. So, I mean, their D-tackle class in a year, and we'll talk about this later in the show, where that's a real premium mm -hmm. on getting those elite D-tackles. That was big for them um, and the number one Juco D-tackle in Antoine uh, Jackson. So, big-time hauls there on the defensive line for Ohio State and for Georgia. Uh, but there's a couple kids they're still after. you know. The, and, and I feel like these kids could – 
maybe help Georgia sway their class one way or the other, or Ohio State. And if they both get them, then I guess we'll see. But I feel like, you know, for, for UGA, there, there's a couple kids that they're still very much in on. Yeah, and we mentioned the lack of, you know, big targets being on the board. I just went through the 24-7 um, composite. Only four of the top 30 kids in the country are not committed somewhere. Um, Patrick Sutain Jr., obviously big corner out of American Heritage, one of the big names there. Um, Nicholas petit Frere, did I say that right? Yep. Um, he's still on the board. Uh, Tyson Campbell, big cornerback, also out of American Heritage. Um, and then rounding out the top 30, um, I cannot say his name. Eli? Oh, Elijah Griffin. Yes. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> That's it's, what I thought, it's, but it's I, I thought Warren it was going to be son. more complicated than that. It's, uh, it, it's Warren G's son. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to take the time to dig up the regulator soundbite here, but, you know, regulator. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if they are able to land a Tyson Campbell or an, or an Anton Green uh, in this class, Tyson Campbell – Probably the most freakishly athletic corner in the class. I don't know if I'm ready to say he's the best. I still think I would take Sertan Jr. just because of the technique and the refinement and the pedigree. Uh, but a really special player is actually his teammate at American Heritage. I mean, talk about a rather ridiculous set of corners at a high school. Right. Um, not a lot of people threw on American Heritage this year, unsurprisingly. Uh, and then Antoine Green, receiver who's considering uh, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida State. I feel like getting either of those guys could help push them uh, over the top. And and for Ohio State, you know, they're still in on, on offensive tackle Rasheed Walker, who's a really elite right. player. I know Penn State's in on him too. That's a kid who, if Ohio State gets him, it might be night-night. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at Georgia's remaining targets as far as, you know, their uncommitted kids. And, you know, Tyson Campbell – we already said Isaac Taylor Stewart. I don't know how much. Really, I'm not totally sure what Georgia's real chances are are, are with him. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, now they did get a visit from Rick Sandage, who's one of the more elite defensive tackles in the nation recently. Uh, they're still in it for Tommy Bush, who's a big time receiver out of Texas. But I feel like those are are a little bit uh, more kind of you know down ballot type guys uh, for Georgia, and then for for Ohio State. I mean, they, they have a couple guys left on their board as well. They're they're you know, limited on spots. They're not going to get Patrick Tan Jr. They're, they're not going to get Tyson Campbell, I don't think. Petit Frere, maybe. We already said Walker. Um, you know, they they they're kind of done. It's basically can they can they get one more elite offensive tackle in this class? And if the Buckeyes can, I think they can sew it up. Um, yeah. Um, the way that, you know, the early signing period went, I just think there's not enough huge guys left that can put one class over the edge, but perhaps Ohio state with that tackle for sure. Now there's one school who could come out of nowhere, (laughs) like usual, and maybe, maybe throw a wrench in this whole thing. And that's Alabama. Okay. I thought that's where you were going to go, but I didn't want to jump the gun. They're sitting there at six, but they only have 18 commits, so they got a little more room to play with here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 13 four-stars, one five-star, but the kids left. And, it, and I'm not saying they're going to land these kids, but if this if they finish this way, 
then they can still get that number one class. Pat Sertan, number one corner. Petit Frere, still talks to Alabama, still likes them. Tyson Campbell, again, I think he's probably Georgia-bound, but I'm not totally sure on those Heritage guys. If they go to the same school, that'd be pretty interesting. Isaac Taylor-Stewart, again, I don't think Alabama will be the destination for, for the uh, for the San Diego corner, but we'll see. Tanner McKee, again, I don't think so. Quarterback who's actually going to take a uh, LDS mission before he enrolls in school. Jalen Waddell, one of the top receivers in Texas, still very much considering Alabama. Justin Ross, one of the best receivers in Alabama, still considering Bama as well as Clemson uh, and Auburn. Um, Jacob Copeland, Florida receiver, still talking to Alabama. If they can close with like five of those and maybe add like quarterback Brock Purdy out of Arizona, who they, you know, they want to take a QB in this class, then they they maybe could do something. But I think the bigger threat here, or well, the, the teams to whom Alabama is a bigger threat are teams three, four, and five. You know, who can who can keep that number three spot? Is it Texas? Yeah. Penn, you know, can Penn State leap Texas? Can Miami leap both of them? I don't know. What What do you think? Could Texas hold that spot, or do you think Bama will jump? I was about to say. I, I was going to ask you. I mean, the percentage of Alabama finishing at least in the top five, I would say it's like ninety percent likely, especially the names that you listed off. Um, oh, in the top five, right? I mean, unless like a, like an asteroid hits touch loose, it's probably yeah. going to be a hundred. Because <laughs> um, I just don't think Miami and Penn State necessarily have enough targets remaining. You know what I mean? Right. Bama's right there, and Bama is going to add, you know, probably four more commits to their class, maybe five. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if Bama finishes at three just because of how full Texas' class is already with 23 guys. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think that'll be um, kind of like a down-the-stretch battle to watch between Alabama and Texas. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. Now, Texas – has a number of elite prospects left on their board as well. Um, they're they already have a great class. They we, we talked about this I think on a prior podcast, but if you guys are, are new to listening or or girls certainly, Texas has probably the most talented defensive back class that's ever been signed, mm-hmm. at least in terms of recruits. Number two safety in the country, number three safety in the country, number five corner in the nation, number eight corner in the nation. Number six safety in the country. Number 14 corner in the country. That's kind of ridiculous. I mean, they're going to be able to play man coverage in a way that teams in the Big 12 just often can't do against a lot of these spread sets. And that does change the way you defend RPOs, and it changes the way you defend in terms of aggressiveness. So I'm very interested to see how Texas does that. Um, You know, that's... That that's going to be really curious, but they do have a lot of a lot of top targets remaining on their board. And, and look, Texas has got to do a good job of bringing in guys on the defensive line. And and to that effect, look, they're clearly they're still talking to Josh Moore, who's a receiver. He's not going to help on the D line, but Joseph Asai out of Conroe, Texas, a big time defensive end that we know they're they're in on. Um, you know, Josh Moore is a receiver. Uh, they're certainly in on as well. Here's a name for you, Morgan. Coburn, Keandre Coburn, didn't sign early. Is Texas worried about, about him maybe looking elsewhere? He took an official visit to Miami. I think A&M is the primary competition for him. But 
in the end, I think Texas has the best shot to get him. And there's another kid. His name is uh, Morrow Ajomo. He's out of Katy, Texas. Now, he will not turn 17, I think, until the summer. So he's a full wow. year full year younger than grade level and already 6'3", 275. I mean, Jesus. that's – Yeah. That's a big kid for that age. Um, I think Texas is going to close really strong. To me, it's probably a, a Bama-Texas battle for that third spot, and, and I, I think you'll see – Penn State and Miami battling um, probably for, for that fourth spot, or excuse me, for that fifth spot. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. All right, we're about 13, 14 minutes in here. Probably should remind folks this is a Espionition podcast, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. And Morgan, now it's time to talk a little bit about where some of these top kids will go. We've already given a preview of a couple of them, but it doesn't hurt to kind of go over and tell folks these are the top uncommitted kids in the nation. Um, and we'll let you know kind of where we think they might go. So I guess we can start out. Pat Sertan Jr. I mean, the name, obviously, I think everybody recognizes if you follow football. His dad was a superstar with the Dolphins for, for quite a while. A lot of family ties to Louisiana. He plays for American Heritage High School down there in Fort Lauderdale, plantation area. I, I know he's looking at a bunch of schools, a, a whole bunch, but – in the end, you know, where is he visited most often? Who does he have the best relationship with? All those type of things. Morgan, the answer I keep coming back to is LSU. Right. And family ties to the state. He's been compared to Patrick Johnson, or as non-recruiting fans, NFL fans probably know him better as Patrick Peterson, one of the best corners in the NFL before he changed his name to Peterson. He was Johnson. Um, that guy went to LSU, obviously. <laughs> Pretty good results out of there. With, even with all the smoke, you know, Dave Aranda's still there at LSU, and so is Corey Raymond, the DB coach. That's not changed. I, mm -hmm. I just have a hard time seeing him go somewhere else than LSU. Yeah, I think the, you know, him playing high school ball in Florida makes Florida State and Miami look, you know, kind of likely, but um, I definitely agree with you. I mean, he's been predicted to go with LSU for some time. Um, I think, you know, I can see like a shocker, like Georgia getting him. Um, I could see that happening, but, um, I, I would, I would go with, with your feeling as well and, and say LSU. Now the next one's interesting. Tyson Campbell, you know, with, with, with Campbell, I, I don't know. And I talked to some coaches on the heritage staff and they, they usually shoot me straight and, and they said, look, we really don't know. But I feel like in talking to team sources, the one school that does feel the best, I think, is Georgia. Georgia needs to add an elite corner in their class to, to really top it off. Um, they've done a pretty good job recruiting him. You get to play defense for Kirby Smart and Mel Tucker on the back. I mean, that's, that's hard to pass up. It's not mm -hmm. too far away from home necessarily. Um, I think I'm going to go with Georgia for that one. Who do you feel on that one? If it comes down to, say, Georgia and Alabama, still Georgia? I think so. Um, but, man, Alabama did not do a great job recruiting corners last year. Right. So, I mean, the, there's playing time to be had there, certainly, as well, in Tuscaloosa. It, 
that's probably the, the greatest competition. I know some people think Miami, but I mean, I don't even know. Where, where is he? I'm trying to think about where he's predicted on, on the crystal ball stuff. But I guess some people think Miami still, still has a decent shot. I, I can't totally rule him out. I mean, they are the local school, but mm-hmm. he seems to be trending pretty hard to Georgia. That's where most people think he'll end up going. Would that be enough to have Georgia jump Ohio State? Uh, I guess it just all depends. It's all yes, relative. almost certainly. Well, I think so, unless uh, unless Ohio State gets Rasheed Walker. Okay. I think. I mean, I can. Uh, what's Ohio State's current score right now? They are three hundred nine point five. Yeah, this will put them at, at three fifteen. I, I would definitely jump. Um, that would give that would give Georgia seven five stars: Justin Fields, Amir White, Jamar Sillier, Tyson, Adam Anderson, Kaze Mays, and, and Britton Cox, and that's that's pretty ridiculous. I also think Channing Tindall for Georgia could be could be a five star. That kid's a stud. Um, I mean, they really they really have a nice class and Trey Hill is about as good as a guard you'll ever see and and he's still a four star. I know Jamari's a five star and, and well deserved, but they're both really really good. Uh What about Devin Williams? Devin Williams a kid out of California, big time deep threat as a receiver Morgan. Um we saw him out there at the opening uh, for a long time people thought Oregon 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 but now I think this is coming down and, and is a is an honest race. Uh, I really do. Oregon, and then of course who? Because it's California, it's USC. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is um this is interesting because um, with that coaching change with Willie Taggart um, going to Florida State. I mean, had he had stayed, I probably would have put Williams to go to Oregon. Um, but you know, maybe he's looking to stay a little bit closer to home and, and going to USC. So, um, definitely interesting battle there. I know there's some, uh, some other schools like Florida state going after him hard, obviously with Taggart heading there. Um, but that would be interesting to see if he, you know, picks, you know, to follow Taggart all the way across the country, uh, whereas he could just stay at home and, and either go to USC or, or join Mario Cristobal, um, in Oregon. And look, he still has official visits left. So I, I think part mm-hmm. of that is going to matter. Where does he go on his final two weekends? Not, you know, signing day is always the first Wednesday in February. So we still have two weekends left. We right. have this, this coming weekend. And then we have the February 2nd weekend. Um, you know, he's already taken his official visit to USC. He's already taken his official visit to Utah. I don't think Utah will factor into this too much. You know, is he going to visit Oregon? Is he going to visit UCLA? Uh, do any of the SEC schools jump in? I, I think the say. Well, gosh, for a, for a California kid, I, I usually think the safe bet is USC, right? Um, and it's hard to go away from that. But Oregon's done a great job recruiting him. There's no doubt. I mean, he's a top five receiver in the nation, and would really help out that offense if they could get him. Uh, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to watch. And then Nicholas Petit Frere, uh, no idea. Where he's going to go. I'm not even going to pretend that I do. He has legitimate interest in like six or seven different schools. 
Now, I, now he's a kid who, who would tell you all forty, all forty of my offers are even, and of course that's <laughs> not true. But I talked to him. And he really does seem like he doesn't know where he wants to go, and he that look, I, I'll consider taking this process past signing day if, if I don't have my mind made up. I don't want to make a wrong choice just because of an arbitrary signing date. Right. Much like you know, Jadavion Clowney took it out a couple of days, and we've had a couple other kids take it out a couple of days too. I, I remember. Uh, I think Roquan Smith did that. I'm trying to recall who else, but I think it was Roquan. Um, you know, he he just came off his official visit to Alabama. He has Florida on deck this weekend. He's already been to Michigan, Notre Dame, and a great relationship with Greg Schiano at Ohio State. Ohio State needs that that final elite tackle. I think Florida, because of their proximity to home, is probably in the best spot here, mm-hmm. but. If you if you're like, hey, would you take Florida the field? I'm probably taking the field. You know, like, yeah, because you're you're looking at you're fighting Alabama and Ohio State for prospects. So he That's, doesn't have that final official lined up yet. No, no, it's, it's uh, Ohio State. Okay, he's going there yeah. on, on the final one. So so just came off off the Bama visit, going to Florida this weekend. Ohio State on the final weekend. You know, he's a kid who doesn't doesn't say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, at all, but I mean that's that's going to be very interesting to watch. And he's a guy, the guy that can kind of make a brick of class for several teams. Yeah, I could see, especially with Ohio State, you know, needing him or not really needing him, but could really use him in that class. Paired with that final official visit being, you know, three four days before signing day, I would not be surprised if he ends up um, in Columbus. On, on Florida's end, if they can if they can knock us out of the park, that could really give their class a nice jolt. They could probably get up there, um, maybe into the top ten. Yeah, they're they're at sixteen right now. Yeah, um, with him and a couple of nice kids to close, I I could certainly see that. And 15, then we have, sorry, I'm sorry. They're at fifteen, not sixteen. Oh, okay, I mean that's yeah, they, they definitely can can close. Uh, then we have. Isaac Taylor Stewart, out of San Diego, big time athlete. I mean, six foot, six foot, six foot two. Excuse me, you know, about one hundred eighty five. Freak athlete, super fast. I, mean, I think he won the fastest man out there at the opening, if, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. Forever, for a while, everybody thought it'd be USC, USC, USC. I don't know though. Like he seems very open to heading east and and, and checking out some SEC schools, Alabama. Uh, and Georgia are both trying to get him to visit this weekend. Um, you know, he's he's already taken official visits to um, you know USC on, on the twelfth. Tennessee, as of right now, has his final visit lined up. Again, we'll you know we'll see about that. I think uh, I I think Alabama here is probably the one to watch the most, and, and I say that because a lot of people thought A and M. Had a great shot at him, and maybe they do. Mm-hmm. But he already used his official A and M before A and M fired Kevin Sumlin, so right. he can't he can't go visit them again, you know, on, or officially at least on the school's dime with the new staff under Jimbo Fisher. So that that's going to be interesting to see. I think Alabama might be the pick here. Yeah, so I don't think his visit this weekend is set yet. Um, 24-7 has both Alabama and Georgia for the 26th, which 
some kids do end up doing both um, like Friday and Saturday. But I think the Tennessee offer is interesting because looking at the date of that, that was all Pruitt. December 9th, he was offered. Um, and then if, if he's able to get him on campus February 2nd and, and close the deal, that would be huge for his first class in Knoxville. Absolutely. I mean, that would be, if you can get, if he can, if Tennessee can get Isaac Taylor Stewart, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And I think Tennessee has made some really good hires, by the way. Like, I don't know how Jeremy Pruitt will be as a head coach. I think that's very much up in the air. But I think they're going to evaluate well, and I think they're going to recruit well. We're already seeing them do that. Uh, they just uncovered a major sleeper in Jordan Young the other day, the kid who mm-hmm. you know, went from, from no stars to, to a high four-star rating. And uh, just he won the 110-meter hurdles in Georgia, like 15, 1,600 yards receiving as a senior, got his grades cleaned up, and it uh, looks like he's well on his way to, uh, to becoming a star if he, if he can you know stay focused and – and do what he needs to do. And in Tennessee, the first major school to offer him, and it looks like he's probably going to shut down his recruitment. I don't think he's going to take any more visits, just the one to Tennessee, and uh, and good on the Vols there. You know, Drew Hughes, their, their player personnel guy, actually came from the Gators. Uh, yeah. Is doing a great job there. Yeah, Tennessee's 17th right now, um, which is a little bit lower not too far off from where Butch Jones was recruiting the last few years, but um, you know, certainly not not a bad class for Pruitt, especially given that he was splitting time between Alabama and and Knoxville the last month or so. Oh, no doubt. Um, and then we got one more kid, and that's Elijah Griffin, who we already mentioned is the son of Warren G. That's pretty awesome. Out of Mission Viejo. On this one, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything other than USC. I mean, big time corner. We know USC needs a corner. Couple of people had thought maybe Tennessee. Couple of people have previously thought UCLA. Um, but I mean, he he just took his official visit to USC. I know Tennessee. He took you know took a visit to obviously after Pruitt was hired and and, and was really high on them. Auburn's trying to get involved. I think he's going to take a visit um, to Auburn. I don't think Oregon is is seriously on the mix. Um, but this is – I think this is just going to be USC, Morgan. And it's hard to not pick the Trojans for, you know, for elite-level kids in, in SoCal. Especially, and correct me if I'm wrong, but USC recruits mission, like, pretty well, right? Yes, they do. That's um, what I thought. I mean, they, they, they do a good job down there. Um, that I think it'll be USC for him. Which, hey, if you're not going to get Taylor Stewart, you need to at least get Griffin. Um, and one more thing about USC: don't lose sight of the fact that USC was able to get JT Daniels to enroll here early. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know out there, JT Daniels was set to be the number one quarterback in the class of 2019 by far, and and probably by far the number one player in the entire 2019 class he actually had enough credits to skip his senior year of high school entirely. And he's going to enroll at USC. So if you're a kid like Devin Williams, who we talked about a little while ago, that that's a big deal to you because SoCal kids know how good Jake Daniels is. Right. And if he's enrolling in the same class as you, then his attendance at that university is no longer theoretical. It's happening. So you know you're going to have a stud throwing you passes. 
or stud leading that team. That's a big deal. Yeah, and especially with Sam Darnold leaving, um, certainly. Oh, no doubt. Because that's a major question. USC is 11th now. Uh, Do they crack the top 10? I think they have to. Even if they got one of those California guys, um, that could that would bring them to eleven four stars. Yeah, I think they could do it. I mean, I I think USC will finish top ten. I mean, just a really, you know, really impressive class they're they're going to put together there. Um, All right, well. We'll end on on this. Every year, there's a lot of NFL draft talk going on, right, right now. And it's always, hey, this is a really good quarterback draft. This is a really good running back draft. And, you know, to some extent, the same thing kind of happens every year in recruiting. Whether or not people realize it is a different story. So I always try to point this out. You know, which, which positions this year are teams cleaning up at and which positions are kind of down? You know, where, where is their scarcity? Where is their, you know, abundance of, of elite players? And, you know, Morgan, I think this is a very strong class at the top. I, I really do. Just in terms of, you know, compared to some years where maybe the number one player is not, you know, not that special. And for me, it starts with quarterback. I mean, you have three, you know, franchise-level type kids this year, obviously. I, I mean, Justin Fields, who's going to Georgia, out, out of Georgia. Trevor Lawrence, the guy going to um, uh, Clemson. Yes, <laughs> thanks. And then JT Daniels as well. That's a big deal right there. I mean, do, do you have three of those level kids who would easily be the number one quarterback in many of the previous years? I think shows a lot about about the depth of that position this year. I mean, you have a Tanner McKee who's like probably the fourth best, and, and he'd probably be the second best in a lot of years. It's also yeah. a really even. Sorry. Even rounding out the top seven, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Justin Rogers, Matt Corral, who's flipped from Florida to Ole Miss, Emory Jones. Um, really, really solid class. I mean, that's that's really good. And then we have corner. I mean, this corner class, Pat Sertan, we already talked about. His teammate, Tyson Campbell, <laughs> you know, just, just awesome. Elijah Griffin, Isaac Taylor-Stewart. Anthony Lighton, Jalen Green, uh, you know, he's going to Texas. Lighton's going to Florida State. The, the top four are are uncommitted. You know, Brendan Radley Hiles, Buki, going to Oklahoma. Anthony Cook, you know, going to Texas. Connor McMichael out of Greater Atlanta Christian in Norcross, uh, going going to Clemson. Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, a lot of a lot of famous dads <laughs> in this uh, <laughs> yeah. in this group this year. Houston Griffith, you know, whose dad was an NFL guy, going to Notre Dame. Al Blades Jr. Obviously, his dad was was pretty famous. I mean, heck, we're down here in, in the uh, you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen range, and these guys are still really good. I mean, Josh yeah. Job going to Alabama. I know he's older, but uh, so is Calvin Ridley. I hadn't heard him. De- you know, Deshaun Jameson. They called him the Shark going to Texas. I mean, really good player. Um, you know, I think Chase Williams, who's going to USC, Nebraska decommit, is very strong as well. Um, it's just the, the number of kids who are elite level corners in this class is, is tremendous. This is one of the best corner classes probably since the, 
what was the what year was the Ramsey uh, Hargraves McKenzie Alexander year? That, that would have been or fifteen. I think it was fourteen. I think it was either fourteen. I think it was fourteen. Yeah, that I remember thinking. Okay, this this corner year is really uh, really good. Oh, maybe that was. That might have been actually 2012 because... No, it was 13, that. I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because wasn't Vernon's first year, he was good, and, and the rest of that team was not... Yeah, okay. Vernon Hargraves, Jalen Ramsey, Kendall Fuller, Mackenzie Alexander, Tredavious White, yeah, Chris was Hawkins, Michael. Eli Apple, uh, Cam Burrows, Jordan Lewis, um, I mean, you know... Uh, Shaq Wiggins, just looking down. That was a really strong year as well um, at the corner level. I think this year is similar to that. I think this is the best corner year we've seen in several years. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, to have that much talent in one, and especially at cornerback for one year of, of classes, that's rare. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the one other thing I think that, that is really unique this year is the guards. The quality of guards we have this year is really nice. I mean, Jamari Sellier is a five-star guard. That's kind of rare. Uh, Penny Sewell, who I think will go to Oregon, really highly rated four-star guard. I mean, could play tackle maybe. Trey Hill, we already talked about an elite guard. Tommy Brown, out of modern day, is a really nice player. Alabama signed out of California. Uh, Delone Scaife, out of Southridge, going to Miami. He's very nice. Um, you know, Chris Murray's going to UCLA, not a really good player. This is the strong guard year. And I don't recall really another year where we had guards at, at, at this level in, in, in this number. I mean, you know, Wyatt Davis was really good last year for sure. Um, I guess if you count to Daryl Slayton last year at guard, uh, sure, which I think he should have been, but he's also really good D tackle. Uh, but the drop off last year. I think was was more significant than, than, than it was, you know, in terms of, of how many elite level players you had. And, and sixteen, who do we have in sixteen? Yeah, nobody even close in sixteen. I, I don't think in terms of of at the top level. You know, in fifteen, Chuma Adoga, who's already been really good for USC when he's been healthy, um, but you know, Lester Cotton starts for Alabama. So, you know, 15 was, was a, a good guard year. I don't know if it was, you know, quite as good. Um, and then 14, I'll stop after this, I promise. You know, Damian Mama at USC, clearly really good. Um, this is probably the best guard year since since 2014. We had, we had you know, Rod Taylor, Braden Smith, uh, Vianne Talamaveo, uh, Demetrius Knox, Garrett Brumfield, Isaiah Wynn, Mason Cole, Toa Lovendone. I mean that was that was a good guard year. This is probably the best guard year since 2014. Um, so that if you got if you needed some guards this year, awesome. If you needed a bunch of tackles, eh, maybe not in quite as good of shape. Yeah, um, interesting year for defensive tackle, especially after last season or last cycle when we had I think it was like the top two D tackles were both five stars. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. I mean, last year's D tackle group was was pretty good. Um, you know, we, we've had you had back to back years where, where the D tackles were really good, right? Because we had what sixteen was the 
Dexter Lawrence and Rashawn Gary year, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that year was just insane. Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver was the third rated tackle in that group. Derek Brown was the fourth. Rashard Lawrence, who's a stud for LSU. Obviously, Antoine Jackson, you know, left Auburn. He's now in Ohio State's class this year as a JUCO. Ed Alexander, um, you know, just a number of, of really, really elite players uh, that year. And then, you know, 17, what, last year, I think we had two, right? Like you were saying? Yes, I think that's right. And some good players, too. Like, look, Tyler Shelvin was a four-star who signed with LSU only because he couldn't, you know, get in shape quick enough. To be honest, like he was three seventy six, and it was just he couldn't move, and, and and he couldn't move well enough, often enough. But USC signed a stud pair in in, in Marlon and Jay, you know, um, one out of Utah, one out of Oregon. Um, you know, Alabama got Fidarian Mathis last year. Last year was a pretty deep year in defensive tackles. There were a lot of really quality players, you know, sort of down ballot. This year, I got to tell you, I. I'm not entirely convinced that that there's a five-star in this class. Maybe you could argue Josh Belk. Maybe you could argue Teron Vincent just because of his consistency. But I don't think any of these guys jump off the page quite as you know, quite like maybe some dudes in the past have in terms of ability. Um, it's just not, and it's really not not a super deep year of D tackles. I mean, some of these guys are are you know, kind of sketchy. Um, only 25 are rated four stars this year or, or higher. And to be honest, I'm not entirely sure it should be that many. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see on that. I think that's – I think those are kind of the positions to me that stand out as far as being really high or, or really low this year. Yeah. Um, did we – running back too. Oh, running back. Yeah. Good call, Morgan. Um, you know, compared to last year. Like last year – the running back classes that stand out to me, the Darren McFadden class, whichever year that was, that was, uh, when was that? Like mid-2000s. Probably 2008. 05 or 04. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, because McFadden beat LSU in in the championship year, yeah, right? Or, or yeah. tied him. Um, and he was probably a sophomore or junior at that point. I think you're right. Okay. Then the thir- uh, the 14 class of running backs. The 2014 class of running backs is absolutely insane. I mean, that year was – have you ever looked at that? Who was in that class? Check this Assuming, out. Assuming – is that Dalvin's year? That's Fournette, Cook, Joe Mixon, Sony Michelle, Rock Thomas, Nick Chubb, Royce Freeman, Elijah Hood, <laughs> uh, Joe Yearby, who got hurt, um, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Darrell Scott – Duke Catalan, Devin Thomas, uh, Dante Thomas Williams, Samaje P. Ryan, uh, Shai McKenzie, who I think left Vautech, uh, Aris Williams, who was a really good back for uh, for Mississippi, Mississippi State for a time, Boom Williams, who was pretty good for Kentucky for a time. I mean, that class just uh, – Cam Petway was, was in that class as well. Just yeah. a, 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 bunch of, uh, a bunch of studs in that year. And a good number of those guys are either, you know, productive on NFL rosters or going in the NFL draft this year. 100%. And then last year, I think we had a year that that probably equaled it, maybe. I mean, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Stephen Carr, DeAndre Swift, uh, Kalon LeBourne, 
J.K. Dobbins, Ty Chandler signed with Tennessee, and I think will probably be used a little better than he was. Eno Benjamin at Arizona State, Quandre White, uh, Cordero Richardson didn't it didn't work out with the qualifying stuff. Uh, Tennille Carter at at, at Texas, uh, just a, a a bunch of really good players. Travis Etienne at Clemson, but this year. I think it's kind of just one, Morgan. Like, there's one kid who's kind of on that level of the top kids last year. And it's Zemir White. White. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Ricky Slade and I like Lorenzo Lingard a lot, but I don't like him on that, you know, sort of, hey, top 10 in the nation type player argument. And that we had a couple kids last year who were, you know, were seriously in that conversation. Zemir White, if he had stayed healthy, you know, I think would have been a top five player in the nation. I mean, that, that guy's. Rocked up six foot two twenty with with speed, that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but maybe next year will be a, a better year for backs. And I know probably the next time we podcast will be a little national signing review and maybe a little quick uh, quick preview of what's to come in twenty nineteen. Yeah, should be fun. It's I feel like the season's going by so fast already. With you know the season's over and now we're signing day, and then. Pretty soon we'll be talking about next season. No doubt. All right. Um, well, enjoyed it as always, y'all. Uh, if you guys like the podcast as well, hit us up with five stars on iTunes and share us as well. You can always find us. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and I think a couple other ones as well. Again, this is the Espionation College Ball Recruiting Podcast with Bud Elliott and Morgan Morardi. Until next time.